Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Teacher Let Your Light Shine, where today we're going to tackle what I believe are the two top moves in beginning your private tutoring business, your micro school, your learning pod, your homeschooling business, no matter which business it's going to take for you to step out and create an educational option for parents. Again, tutoring, learning pod, any type of a homeschooling business, full-time, part-time, or a micro school, you're going to need these two top moves. And you know what? Just because I love you so much, I'm going to throw in a bonus. So let's get to it. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Hey, hey, here we go. This is an episode for anyone who is wanting to start from scratch. A micro school, homeschooling business, learning pod, tutoring business, whatever it may be. I'm here today to give you the top two moves that I highly recommend that you make when it comes to starting your business. And with the Teacher Let Your Light Shine resources, I have for all of my teacher friends, my parents who are a part of our community, we have a downloadable resource called the Eight Steps to Building Your Micro School or Your Homeschooling Business. And I often get asked, well, what if I'm not starting a micro school? Does this still apply? Yes, they all apply. When I first started my micro school, I didn't know what I was starting out as. I was thinking, okay, I'm kind of like a learning pod. Well, I actually give private tutoring and maybe I'm just a regular homeschooling business because I do some part-time, some full-time. And then I came to find out the term micro school because I was a small school hosting the same families throughout the week. And yes, I do offer a little bit of a part-time model to some parents. And next year, I'll be offering a part-time model as well in addition to a full-time but it doesn't matter. Let's not get caught up in the terms. I'm really big on that because I don't want to put any teacher in a box. Like you have to be building a micro school full time. If that's not for you, then that's not for you. If you want to start out with building your private tutoring business and building from there, or maybe staying there, that's absolutely fine. You are welcome at Teacher Let Your Light Shine. And the eight steps to building your business There is a link down in the show notes where you can download this pretty little map and refer to it often so that you can see where you are 
when it comes to building your business. Step one and two is really where I'm going to get you today, and I'm not at all going to be able to dive into it super deep. I do this with my coaching clients, but I definitely want you to know that these are some foundational pieces that you're going to have to have when it comes to building your business. I often get asked, where do I start? And I want you to know that whatever seed of idea that you have, you are right where you need to be. So we're going to take your little seed of idea, whether it's a I want to do something once a week, once a month. I want to have a summer enrichment camp. I want to start private tutoring. I want to start a private tutoring practice while I'm transitioning out of my teaching career. I actually am leaving teaching and I want to start with just a handful of students. Or maybe you're ready to start with having 10 or more students. Wherever you are, you're still going to have to start at step one. No matter your idea. So today we're going to get into the nitty gritty, the top two moves, and I'm going to give you a bonus at the end. So please understand that when you start either of the four that I mentioned, a tutoring business, learning pod, micro school, or any type of homeschooling business where you are catering to children who are homeschooled, whether it's full-time, part-time, whatever model you choose, you are going to need to start with these two steps. Your idea is such an incredible opportunity to begin expanding your expertise. And no matter if you're a teacher with the certification or not, you have an expertise that you can offer families and you are able to make a profit while positively impacting your community. There is such an increasing demand for teachers, for tutors, for people who will help homeschooled family. This industry is booming. And from what I have gathered, It is forecasted to grow by $8.37 billion between 2021 and 2025, according to TheVeryWellFamily.com as well as CollegeExpress.com. With articles and advice, you can read so much about where tutoring services and helping families in any type of educational arena, you are in such demand. You do not have to have a certification, especially if you are just having a learning pod and you are pouring into families who need your help with homeschooling their children. So I hope that that gives you some fuel to add to your fire. You have just maybe began deciding that you want to start your own business and you're trying to figure out what's perfect for you. You may not know how to go about starting your own tutoring business or learning pod, micro school. You're probably wondering, how do I get students for my new venture? How do I set myself apart with my expertise? And so we're going to take those burning questions and I'm going to tell you that I got you covered. Here are your first two. Number one, you must identify your niche, who you are going to serve. And I would like to say, that you know who you're going to serve because you've got this burning why behind you. And I really go into this in a previous episode, knowing your why. I go into this as I coach my teachers through clarity and building the foundation. We have to know why we're doing what we're doing so that we can serve who we're going to serve, which is called our niche or niche, however you, whatever part of the world you're in, whatever you want to call it, you own your niche after all. Because it is not a one-size-fits-all 
for the type of business that you are providing. You are not public school where you just serve to everybody and then you feel as if you're reaching no one. You are going deep and building relationships and this is what your niche is all about. With the education industry growing exponentially by the day, it is crucial to determine your niche before you even start your business. And a lot of times we think, but if I go so small, I'm not going to find enough people. And I have felt that way before. But as I go year after year, I'm becoming more and more confident in who I serve and who I don't serve because it's not going to benefit me or that person that I'm trying to work with, that family that I'm trying to work with, if I know that that is outside my realm of expertise or my passion. So by defining your niche, you're going to have a clear vision and an understanding of the audience that you are targeting. Because if you just say, oh, I'm doing kindergarten through eighth grade, parents are going to ask, well, how are you going to do this? How are you going to help my child in eighth grade and a child who's in kindergarten? How are you going to help my child who's transitioning into high school? And you're trying to also teach a child who's in kindergarten and doesn't know how to read yet. And I'm not saying that you can't do it like that. What I'm trying to say to you is that if that is going to be your niche, you have to be very detailed in how you are going to show up and serve that niche. And it might require that you are hiring additional people or that you are servicing these groups of people at different times or different days of the week. But you are going to have a clear vision and an understanding of who you serve, how you serve, how much you serve, and when you serve. You're also going to have a much clearer idea of what knowledge and skills that you need to fine-tune so that you provide more value to your students. Let me say that again. If you're trying to go wide and not deep, it's going to be more difficult to fine-tune what you provide. So by going deeper in who you serve and how you serve and when you serve them, you are going to have a clear idea of what knowledge and skills you need to fine-tune so that you provide more value to your students. I know that right now I am not equipped to serve middle school. Could I? Do I think I'd be great at it? I think I'd have a lot of fun with it too. I think I'd do really well. But I can't do that and fourth grade and fifth grade and second grade and third grade and kindergarten. Even if I were just doing private tutoring a couple days a week, I know that because I've never had experience teaching middle school and that content that I'm not going to service those students well unless I spend loads of time learning the content. So I know that that's not out of my realm. And do you know, there are so many people who ask me to help with their middle middle school students. And I have to say, I'm sorry, but I think that there's a better opportunity for your child somewhere else. And I'm honest and open with those families and I know that I've saved myself time and heartache by not taking on too much. And if you're starting out with, let's say, even just an enrichment camp, or you're starting out with providing some type of awesome educational service once or twice a month, if you know that that's your expertise, go for it. But if parents or people start saying, oh, could you do this? And could you do this? And could you do this? You're going to have to be really honest with yourself as in whether or not 
you really can serve well and not just say, oh, I need students. I need students. I'm just going to do the best that I can. Because by the end of the day, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. You're going to be frustrated. And you're going to be thinking, why did I ever sign up for this? So just stand firm in what you're going to do. And remember that a mustard seed, this is the best advice that I had had. A mustard seed can grow and produce the greatest harvest. And yet it is the smallest seed. So start small in in the realm of which you serve and understand what makes that audience satisfied. Gone are the days when parents do not inquire much about who serves their children. They now know exactly what they want from you as an educator or a service provider or a tutor or a learning pod coordinator, and they play an active role in the progress of their children. They please understand that what they want from you as a teacher, a tutor, or someone who provides any type of service, they are definitely looking for someone to provide services that align with their interest. So there are a few things that people may be looking for. Parents are looking for that you can provide either one-on-one tutoring. When it comes to teaching, nothing drives more attention than personalized classes, right? Where you focus on the exact weakness and strengths of a particular student and you teach in a way that's best suitable for them. Or there's group tutoring, where group tuitions can be bring out the best in students. Learning is fun. It encourages students to think creatively, build strong communication skills. It's the perfect combination for socializing while learning. And so if you're going to do something with groups of children, just be thinking about their age and the realm at which you can serve them, the capacity, your expertise, and what it is that will bring a high value for that particular group. You could have a younger group in the morning, an older group in the afternoon, or a younger group on one Friday and an older group the next Friday, depending on if you're just even doing like a Friday class. I have a lot of teachers that I work with that are just hosting right now one or two classes a week, and that's absolutely fine if you're just beginning and starting from scratch. This is how you know This is how you can choose your niche. So before you even identify your niche, you must ask yourself a couple of these questions like what subjects or what courses or what opportunities can I offer that have the most value? What are my skills? Are there already people doing what I'm doing and specialize in? And if there are, how can I stand out from the competition? What subjects or what opportunities are parents asking about? or looking for in our area? And of course, what is my ideal student? And truthfully, choosing your niche depends on two factors. One, your area of specialization. And two, the demand for what you specialize in. So to determine the demand in your area, and I teach my students how to do this when they come through my coaching program, you need to carry out market research and competitive analysis. And I know that might be like, oh, that sounds creepy, but it is so enlightening and it's so incredibly powerful, which takes us to our next part. Perform market research and competitor analysis. I'm not going to be able to get into every single component of this, but I can give you some golden nuggets. Let's first begin by taking the big and scary out of the word market analysis. There's two different types of market analysis that I tell my 
teachers and my coaching students to go through, and that is market research for what their avatar or their families need. And then there's market research on the competitors in their area. We also have to make sure that when we are looking at those who are doing what we're doing or something similar, a learning pod, a micro school, tutoring business, that we are not getting distracted and off course by comparing ourselves to their services and feeling as if we are less or feeling as if we need to model what they do in order to get the results that they have. So we have to be very careful. And I talk about this a lot. I said something about this in our Facebook group a couple weeks ago that a lot of times we're trying to compare ourselves to what other people have been doing for a long time and we all start somewhere. And so we have to make sure that we keep our minds in check, our hearts in check, that we are doing what God has asked us to do and not try to mimic or mock what others are doing and not letting us get to a place of fear or doubt because we see other people doing something that we have not yet accomplished. So when I say to look at your competitors or other people who are doing what you're doing, you do this for insight. You do this for collaboration purposes. You do this for more clarity on your end so that you can just keep yourself in check and in balance, but you do not let yourself swing too far to the left or too far to the right. When you do market research, it means that you're going and you are looking at what others are doing with the mindset of trying to understand your ideal audience based on their income level, their age, their qualifications, and other factors. And I'm going to explain what that means in just a moment. But you're going to be able to have a better understanding of what you can provide for your tutoring services. For an example, when you look at the age that you are going to offer services to, if you're teaching high schoolers, middle schoolers, or elementary students, depending on the age that you're serving, There is a different cost. Why? Because there is a different level of attention. There's a different level of results that you're going to give these children. And there's a different level of how much hands-on you have to be, how much independence you can give these children. There is a difference. And so when you do research and you look at what people are doing in your area and you're going to serve kindergarten students compared to serving high school students, you know that there's going to be a different value associated with this. So the cost and the qualifications that you have for these particular groups, they're going to vary in many factors. So an effort to really try to understand the market of people that you serve, you're going to definitely want to join Facebook groups of parents where they discuss the education of their children and connect with them. You want to check out what subjects the students in your area are taking and paying tuition for. You want to try to find out the subjects for which many tutors are offering in your area or not offering, where there's a need, and really try to understand the financial conditions of your clients as it will help you determine how much they would be willing to pay for your services. There is a caveat to this because... I know, bless our teacher hearts, we will say, but I work at a Title I school, but I work in an area that doesn't have middle class to higher upper class children. What do I do? I'm not used to serving that type of a market. And it seems like this market 
or the services that I provide are more geared towards that market. Listen, just because of the experience that we've had in Title I schools doesn't mean that everybody's Title I. And trust me, I have really sat across from teachers who are scared to death to have a tuition cost because they come from the mindset that everyone needs our services for free. We show up and we serve and we serve and we give and we give until we have nothing left because that's what we do as teachers. We know that we show up and we serve regardless of class, regardless of income level. And there is a mindset shift that does have to occur when I work with teachers who are trying to price out the value that they offer to families. And so I take this part seriously because I see the tug on teachers' hearts and I see that there is a need in an area that we have to fulfill and we have to make it marketable to families. But I also want to make sure that teachers know that just because you work in an area right now where you feel as if no one's going to pay for your services, someone will pay for your services. And not just someone, but multiple people will pay for your services because what they are finding in the public school setting or the private school setting is not working for their child. They need something different. And that's where you come in. Now for competitor research, you're definitely going to want to find out in your area, tutoring businesses, micro schools, other learning pods. Once you have a list of them, you can go about researching in this way. You can understand what they offer. What days of the week do they offer services? What type of teaching techniques do they have? Are they a Montessori approach? Are they a hands-on approach? Are they engineering and science and technology, a STEAM approach? Are they a private tutoring approach? Look at reviews and testimonies of your competitors. Look at their websites. Look at their Facebook page. Reach out to them. If they don't list their pricing on the page, reach out to them and see if they will send you an email with a breakdown of their pricing. It's going to give you an idea of how much you can charge. When I look at how I'm above the market in our area for what I offer, which is private tutoring that really is sort of like a micro school because it is full time, but I could also be called a learning pop, but I could also be called part time. It doesn't matter the name. I look at my services and I see that majority of people offer just four days a week. So yes, I'm going to be more expensive because I offer five days a week. But if I wanted to go to four days a week, I could see what that pricing would be like. I can also see that they may go 30 minutes more. I may see that they have 15 to 25 students in a class, which is different than what I offer. And so I look at that and I don't try to mimic what they have. I just try to look at myself in comparison to see if I am with a balanced approach. I talk to other families who send students to other places and I ask them questions and I just talk to them to get more insight and I try to understand, you know, their reasoning for choosing a place such as the little private school down the road who has 35 students in a class and majority of time the parents will say, I just didn't know that there wasn't any other option, but I'm not satisfied. Or maybe they're looking for a place that has accreditation. And let me just say this. At first, whenever I was beginning and I had my business set up as private tutoring, which by the way, legality wise, it is, I was so afraid because I thought I'm not going to show accreditation like the private schools are and no one's going to want to come to me. No, 
It's a name tag. It's a name badge. Yes, there are some families who want to see that. Guess what? If that's not you, that's not you. And that's not your market of people that you serve. There are families out there that don't care about that. So what if you have an accreditation? They're still receiving services and a value that they are not satisfied with. That's where you come in. If you want to get accredited and you want to become a private school, great. Because that's the type of people that you serve. Go for it. But if that's not where you want to go, then don't feel as if you have to be like everybody else and get that name badge, that accreditation underneath your belt. I just want to give you that permission. And last but not least, number three, here's your bonus. Whoo, here's one. It's identifying your USP, which is your unique selling proposition. And you're like, oh my gosh, Mackenzie, what? I know I didn't learn this stuff until I started really getting serious about my business. I, I have invested my time with coaches. I've invested my time in researching. I've invested money, hours and many just heartache trying to figure things out on my own. And I've literally invested with a coach multiple times, multiple, multiple, multiple times, not even in the education industry, but through marketing, through podcasting, through coaching, through having a mentor who helped me build my school. I've invested time. I've invested money into learning these things because I want to be good at it. But here's the question that I have for unique selling proposition. Do you know the secret recipe to any successful business? It's their USP, their unique selling proposition, something that has the power to blow off the competition. You have to identify what you can do better than your competitors and what is difficult for them to replicate. This is the USP that will direct your potential families to your services that set your business apart from the rest. Here's a couple of examples. What do you do that makes learning more interactive? How do you offer a more personalized education? And how do you have services that are provided for special needs children? As you carry out this research, you will be able to determine your differentiating points that makes you stand out from the rest. And once you have that, or you have a better understanding, I'm going to tell you right now, boom, you go make that introductory packet because this is your heart, your vision, your services, your value all on paper that speaks to the heart of the families that come and inquire about you. I have the introductory packet for you already made. You have all my examples and I teach you how to make it. I don't just give you the introductory packet. I also give you a form that teaches you how to break down the introductory packet and gives you ideas for how to get your message across to parents. You can find that on www.teachersletyourlightshine.com slash shop. I pray that this has been helpful to you today and I'm excited for you to be on this journey. Make sure you connect with us on Facebook at Start Your Micro School or Homeschooling Business and I will see you back here shortly. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. 
Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.